0: listeners, and welcome to Monsters Advocate. Monsters Advocate is a weekly podcast focused around the unsung heroes of myths and legends, the monsters. We'll take a look at some monster-centric myths and legends, some not-so-ancient cryptids, and everything in between, and try and sort out possible origin species, biological impetus for why they do what they do, and why we love to hear about them. Listeners, I have a confession to make. Though I do adore weasels and I support them in everything they do, the last episode had something of a secondary agenda. You see, I wanted to talk about one creature in particular. And well, turns out he wasn't a weasel. He was an extra, extra clever mongoose. Now, I'm sure some of you can see the issue with this. Weasels and mongooses, though similar in appearance, and filling similar ecological niches, are not actually related. Mongoose refers to 29 of the 34 species that belong to the family Herpestidae, and they are actually more closely related to cats. Herpestidae is a family within the suborder Feliforma, making their closest relatives cats, civets, and hyenas. I hope you can understand my confusion, though. Firstly, in some reports, this creature has been incorrectly called a weasel, using the word weasel as an interchangeable word for mongoose. Secondly, this creature is a long way from home. While mongooses have been introduced in some places like the Caribbean and the Hawaiian Islands, the island where this creature is found is a little less than tropical. This story takes place in a home called Cashin's Gap, in the small hamlet of Dalby on the Isle of Man, a British island famous for a breed of cat called the Manx. It all started in September of 1931 when the Irving family began to hear noises coming from behind the wooden paneling that lined the walls of their old farmhouse. Jim Irving had been a traveling salesman, but at age 60, he decided to put that life behind him and to take up a quieter life of farming on the Isle of Man. Unfortunately, life on the farm had been… a little too quiet, and Jim, his wife Margaret, and their 12-year-old daughter, Voyrie, were struggling to make ends meet as farmers. On top of this lack of financial success, they also apparently now had a rat problem. The sounds coming from the wooden paneling were described as blowing, spitting, and growling. And Jim, not seeming to grasp the implications of a rat that can somehow growl, spent several days setting traps and trying to flush the rat from its hiding place. Nothing worked. And finally, out of ideas... Jim took to growling like a dog at the walls in hopes of frightening the creature away. And if this had been a rat, maybe that would have worked. Instead, reverberating back from the wooden paneling, Jim heard a dog growl right back. Now here's where I will give Jim credit, because unlike most people who would sensibly burn the house down, collect the insurance, and move away, Jim became fascinated by this apparent mimicry offering the creature who lived in his walls various animal noises and bird calls to imitate. And it did, without fail. Even reaching the point where Jim could say the name of an animal, and the creature would make the noise of the correct animal back at him. And this would be a pretty cool trick if it stopped there. Something to entertain guests with, and to make the day-to-day drudgery of farm life a little more bearable. A weird, unseen, but seemingly harmless creature in the walls that can make bird noises pretty cool, right? But then, the creature began to speak. The thing in the walls introduced itself as Jeff, spelled G-E-F, and claimed to be an extra, extra clever mongoose that had been born in New Delhi, India in 1852. After this introduction, Jeff made himself more at home in the Irving family household, and began to hold regular conversations with Mr. Irving and his daughter, Voyri Irving. made himself a nest in voyery irving's room in a box partition above her bed that the family called jeff's sanctum the mongoose soon established a pattern for living with the irvings during the day he would go out into the world and roam around the island riding on the back of axles of buses and cars and spying on neighboring families so he could bring back tidbits of gossip these forays out into the small world of dalby however may have had some unintended consequences concerning Jeff's vocabulary. Jeff apparently loved to talk and even sing, and he could regularly be heard singing along to his favorite song, Carolina Moon, and reciting texts he had heard read aloud. But apparently he also picked up cuss words just as quickly, and after a particularly blue recital of a lewd version of Home on the Range he had learned from some bus drivers, Margaret Irving scolded Jeff by saying, You know, Jeff, you are no animal. To which the smart-alecky mongoose replied, Of course I am not. I am the Holy Ghost. Jeff was no freeloader, though. He would also occasionally leave strangled rabbits on the family's doorstep to earn his keep. And he would make his latest offering known by calling out, Got a rabbit! when he returned from a hunt. In return, the Irvings left the mongoose small offerings, such as a piece of bacon, or chocolate, or a biscuit, which they would place on a crossbeam near the ceiling for Jeff to snatch when no one was looking. And Jeff made it abundantly clear that no one was allowed to look, with Voyrie being the only person the mongoose ever showed himself to. She described him as being yellowish-tinged, like a ferret, with a long bushy tail tipped in brown. In body size, without the tail, Jeff is about three-fourths the size of an adult rat. Despite his small size, though, Jeff had a temper fit for a kaimaitashi, and here's the part where Jeff goes from a sort of garfield esque ricky rikki-tikki-tavi… to more of a poltergeist. Because, while Jeff would say silly, harmless things like, I'm the eighth wonder of the world, and You damn sleech. When he was truly ticked off, the mongoose would make some rather frightening claims, and do some rather frightening things. For example, when he first moved into Voyerie's room, the 13-year-old was apparently a little less than enthusiastic about sleeping in a dark room with an unseen talking mongoose. She slept in her parents' room that night, and when Jeff overheard the family discussing the reason for the sleepover in the bedroom the next morning, he became irate. "'I'll follow her wherever you put her,' he shouted, and despite the family's attempt to barricade the bedroom door with chairs and boxes, An excerpt from Mr. Irving's journals describes how this only made the creature more upset. Soon we saw the top of the door bulging in, as though some terrific force were thrusting against it, but the door held. Then Jeff's queer high voice said, I'm coming in. And a few seconds later, a heavy pot of ointment kept in the room crashed against the bedstead. Now, obviously, no natural mongoose, even a talking mongoose, is going to break into a bedroom unseen just to throw a tub of moisturizer at someone. But Jeff would often claim he was not just a mongoose, calling himself in turn an earthbound spirit, a ghost in the form of a weasel, and the fifth dimension. And he would sometimes make threats seemingly out of nowhere. Once, he was asked if he was an evil spirit, to which the mongoose replied, I am not evil. I could be if I wanted You don't know what damage or harm I could do if I were roused. I could kill you all, but I won't. Once, early on, Mr. Irving asked Jeff to show himself to someone other than Voyri, and his response was, I know who I am, but I shan't tell you. I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet, and if you saw me you'd faint, you'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone or a pillar of salt. Now, of course, it's best to take the word of a talking mongoose with a grain of salt. Jeff says some rather colorful things, and at one point also adamantly claims he isn't a ghost, because If I were a spirit, I could not kill rabbits. Which isn't exactly comforting, but maybe he just had a penchant for theatrics. News got around that the Irvings had a talking mongoose, and word spread like only news of a talking mongoose could in the 1930s. Reporters began to show up at the farmstead, and a few even claimed to have actually heard Jeff's voice. In 1932, a reporter for the Manchester Daily Sketch wrote, The mysterious man-weasel has spoken to me today. I have heard a voice which I should never have imagined could issue from a human throat. The people who claim it was the voice of the strange weasel seem sane, honest, and responsible folk, and not likely to indulge in a difficult long-drawn-out, and unprofitable practical joke. However, suspicion was already growing that these sane, honest, and responsible folk were exactly the kind of people who would play a long-drawn-out kind of practical joke. In the same article, the reporter also questioned whether Jeff was possibly the dual personality of the 13-year-old girl, Voyery Irving. He apparently watched Voyery in a mirror while he heard Jeff speaking, but was unable to confirm or deny if she was the one doing the voice, as her fingers partly covered her mouth, and he didn't see her lips move. Likewise, though, some of the Irving's relatives came to visit, and after hearing Jeff speak, a few also suggested that Voyrie was the voice of Jeff. After overhearing this accusation, though, Jeff simply said, I'll kill their turkeys. And in the coming weeks, several of the relatives' turkeys and ducks went missing. Several mediums and spiritualists heard of Jeff and made visits to the farmhouse, including a friend of a famous parapsychologist, Harry Price, a one Captain James McDonald. The captain visited the farmhouse, and on the first day, while the family showed him peepholes and places where the mongoose was most likely to be, Jeff remained silent until when Captain McDonald was just about to leave for the day, at which point he called out, Who is that bloody man? Over the next few days, Captain McDonald experienced having a needle thrown at him while taking tea, and a chair that was left on top of Jeff's sanctum falling off the sanctum, and when he tried to coax the mongoose out by saying, ''Won't you come down? I believe in you.'' Jeff apparently yelled back, ''No, I don't mean to stay long. I don't like you.'' Captain McDonald returned from his trip frustrated that he was neither able to confirm nor deny whether Jeff existed or if he was simply the imaginary friend of a 13-year-old girl. This tantalizingly undenied story came to a head when in 1935, the famous parapsychologist Harry Price himself came to investigate Cashin's Gap. Upon hearing that Price was coming to investigate, Jeff is quoted as saying, I like Captain McDonald, but not Harry Price. He's the man who puts the kibosh on spirits. Harry Price stayed with the family for a few days. But much to the Irving family's chagrin, Jeff did not materialize or say anything once the entire time he was there. As soon as Price left, he reappeared, saying he had taken a few days' holiday. The Irvings tried to follow up by providing fur samples and paw impressions in plasticine, but after investigation, the fur was found to belong to the family's sheepdog, and the paw impressions did not match any known species of mongoose. The Irvings sold the house in 1937 and moved, and no one heard from the Dalby spook again. So, what was Jeff? Was he a spirit? A mongoose? The dual personality of a lonely 13-year-old girl? While some suspected they caught Voyrie making squeaking noises, no one was ever able to catch Voyrie in the act of actually doing Jeff's voice. And sure, her making squeaking noises is pretty damning but her making noises does not necessarily mean she made all the noises. After all, wouldn't you get a little desperate if this talking mongoose that's been haunting your family for years decided to suddenly not show up when it really matters? When all you want is for people to believe you? Likewise, we have no way of knowing if he was a spirit. He claimed to have been born in India in 1852, which is way too old for a mongoose. But then again, he could have been lying. But maybe. For many of you, the biggest reason to not believe in Jeff is that he's a mongoose living on the Isle of Man in the 1930s. But let me leave you with this. In the 1900s, the Isle of Man had a rabbit problem. Rabbits had been introduced to the island, and with no natural predators to keep the population in check, things were quickly getting out of hand. Farmers who specialized in food crops were watching as rabbits destroyed their livelihood, So in 1912, a nearby farmer with connections decided to do something about it. After acquiring several live mongooses, the farmer apparently released them onto his land to control the rabbit population. This farm was one of the farms bordering Cashin's Gap. I hope you enjoyed learning about the Man Weasel of the Isle of Man. As always, if you want to learn more, please take a look at the show notes. Musical score and intro and outro are done by Mr. SoundCloud himself, Scott Ethington. If you like the music, don't wait up. Find more of his work at Bazooka Raccoon on SoundCloud. Finally, if you like what you heard, please rate and review on iTunes or consider donating to our Patreon. Every little bit helps and more support means I'm more motivated to do the best job I can to bring you more monsters. Thank you for listening and remember, anyone can be a monster.